Welcome to the Inner Leader Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Tran, and I'm here to serve your highest purpose on this planet, discovering who you are and what you are meant to do. Each week, I will bring to you conversations that will elevate your mind, deepen your awareness, and expand your heart to help you unlock your inner leader. Before we dive in, make sure you subscribe to our podcast to tune in on the daily. Without further ado, let's get started. Our inner leader of this week is Grace Lanuza. Grace is a founder and CEO at Grace Lanuza Brand Strategy and Consulting Group, housing three companies, Brand Apiary, which is a branding and digital marketing company, Click Recruit, an employment and branding training and curriculum development company, and Peloda, which is an influencer and sports sponsorship brokerage. Her work has been featured on numerous press outlets, such as Business Insider, and is featured as an official partner on the M. AM feed. She is also a mentor at a lot of women-led organizations, such as Young Women in Business at UBC and SFU, the Forum for Women Entrepreneurs, Women in Leadership, and the Vancouver Board of Trade. Grace brings over 18 years of experience in business, specializing in brand strategy, marketing, employment branding, and leadership. Tune into my episode with Grace to find out more about what it means to build a mentorship relationship with your mentor, how to even begin looking for a mentor in your life to help you advance in your career. And if you're struggling to find the right mentor or not knowing where to look, Grace might have really wonderful advice for you. I think my favorite part about this episode is when we opened up to talk about romantic relationships and learning how to ask for what we need. Because for me, that's a huge part of women empowerment. And my favorite advice that she gives near the end, so make sure you tune in, is to not let age stop you from pursuing your biggest dream. Let's welcome Grace. From your experience, what do you see is common among your mentees? The one thing that I see that's common among my mentees is um, really, uh, I would say two things. They're looking for connection. So somebody who is um, an unbiased sounding board (laughs) that has, you know, um, experience probably in the industry that they want to be in or just experience in life in general. And then and they're also looking for clarity. I think um, it's really, uh, you know, a, a great thing to be able to sound something off to someone. And um, then in within that process, you come to a moment of clarity. And as a mentor yourself, and also taking role in being a mentee, like, what do you think create a strong relationship between a mentor and a mentee? I think the relationship um, should be transparent, for sure, Um, authentic, and something that is um, long-lasting. And long-lasting, I mean, because, you know, I've been so fortunate to have amazing mentees and amazing mentors that if we were in a particular program or like an official mentorship relationship, after that is finished or the program is finished, we just seem to continue on, which is such a gift as well. Um, But yeah, uh, transparency um, is great because like I said, it should be an unbiased uh, sounding board. And then the authenticity, because um, that's when you really get real and really get deep into it. I think we have known each other for two years now, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Time goes by fast. 
Yes, it does. And I feel like some of the programs actually um, goes by so fast. So by the time you get to the end, like that's when, you know, it's really fruitful because you you know each other and uh, you're able to then uh, read each other a little bit better. There's a lot of conversations around how important it is to have a mentor. Would you be able to give us insight onto the mentorship relationships that you've had in your life that have brought you to where you are? Yeah, I'm very strategic when I do, I I would say, quote unquote, pick mentors. Some of them I, I seek out for a specific reason, but some of them managed to like come into my life um, uh, by chance, but I don't really believe in chance and coincidences. So there is a reason that they're in my life. But for me, strategically, um, I tend to seek mentors because I have a specific need or a specific outcome that I want. So for example, I have a mentor who is a self-made millionaire and she all she does is like look at my books. She kind of yells at me for an hour and then sends me off on my merry way, you know. And with that, like I kind of need that, you know, in that moment. So she serves that purpose, and that's how she be she is of service to me. And then uh, for her, it's it's and it's always an energy exchange, you know. It's so important. So as her mentee, um, you know, my expertise is in brand strategy, so I'm always, you know, um, really working with her when she has brand strategy questions and and kind of like you know what does xyz demographic want etc cetera, etc cetera. so it's a very specific thing i have another mentor who i contact when honestly i need that like cheerleader vibe you know like that pat on the back kind of thing and um that's i know when i when i reach out to her that's what i'm gonna get Mm, Thank you for sharing that. For our audience who haven't had that relationship in their life, what advice would you give for them to kind of start looking? Do you think that mentors just kind of show up? How does this work? Yeah, I think um, you can do a little bit of both. Um, If there's a specific goal that you want or um, a specific kind of foot in the door in in an industry, then most definitely seek mentors that are, are in that or that would facilitate that Um, and it has to be a match you know there's always kind of like a vibe match between people Um, but I say be also be open and listen to and we're gonna get a little woo-woo here but like listen to like what the universe is giving you because if you have desires and 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 aspirations, you're silently asking for that every day. So when the universe gives you a person um, that's there to, that's meant to become your mentor, then yeah, take that and see where, where it leads, right? So be open to that as well. I want to move into your field in entrepreneurship and leadership. What were some of the struggles that you face as a woman on this journey? Oh, do we have like five hours? <laughs> do you know the meme and, and there's memes out there where it's like the struggle is real, the struggle is real. It is. Um, there are times that are not easy, but um, at the same time, I would say that it's it's the way you kind of manage through those through those struggles and like what you you choose to do because we all have free will. So you can choose to you know be available for the struggle, and that's what. 
what I hate about like the whole hustle culture because it doesn't have to be like that, right? <clears throat> or you can choose to be available to be strong and go through the struggle because you know that it's only temporary and you're choosing not to stay in the muck type of thing. Um, yeah, don't stay in the muck. <laughs> but in terms of specific struggles, there were a lot, you know. Um, when I first became like an official entrepreneur, it was difficult because I was coming from an agency, which was an, an amazing experience, but I was coming from a corporate lens. And now, you know, I, as a leader, I, I was um, challenged to look at it from an entrepreneurial lens. So that's, you know, was a struggle in the beginning because things are very different. And especially when your name's on the door, that's when you're like, wow, I've put every single thing into this business. Now what? And so, um, and, you know, you have a room full of people going, okay, well, lead us. Like, what is, you know, what are we supposed to do? So I think for me, that was a, a struggle. I would say in the beginning, there were a lot of other ones, like more, not necessarily struggle, but pressure. And I was I was talking to actually one of my mentees about this um, a couple of weeks ago when I told her, you know, <clears throat> I look in around the office and I'm like, man, I am responsible for these people's livelihoods, so I better bring it or else, right? You know, I feel very vested in, um, you know, their growth and their life, and they chose to to work with me and, and our clients, and that's a huge commitment. And so for me, um, you know, the pressure comes in where, like, I have to bring it because these people's livelihoods are in my hands, you know, literally, and, you know, I look around and I'm like, I'm responsible for his rent and her kids' soccer lessons and like, I don't know, groceries, like, I don't know, something. And in the beginning, you know, when you're starting a business, of course, cash flow is a thing. And so I'm looking around and I'm like, oh my gosh, I better make payroll. Am I going to put payroll on a credit card? Like, I don't know. So, and, and, and that's the thing, right? I think a, a leader has to be empathetic and at the same time willing to give the shirt off their back. So if I did have to do that I was willing to go there because um because yeah they're they're important so how would you say your view or understanding of leadership has changed from that beginning stage to now what were some of oh my goodness perhaps like misconceptions that you had Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. Let's take it back to like, actually when I was working in the agency. So when I was working in the agency, um, we used to do these things. They're called like annual performance evaluations, whatever, right? <laughs> we learned that in HR. And, yeah, right. And, and I, you know, as, uh, as, you know, a people manager, I would have to deliver these performance evaluations and um and then also received them for myself. So when I received my last, I would say one of the last performance evaluations, my manager, the person I reported to said, um, do you realize that you hold the record for making the most people cry? And I said, what? I was shocked. <laughs> And I said, that was not my intent. My intent was obviously to help them in their growth and like, you know, all that. But um, 
I wasn't aware as a leader that I what it was my delivery. So the message was great and amazing, but it was my delivery. So I had to really tap into um, a portion of myself that I myself was not comfortable with, which are feelings, right? In business, you're always like, if you got to cry, go to your car or something. <laughs> that was the old grace. And that was her belief. But now it's like, you know what? It's okay. Like there's, there's something to be said about empathy and, and holding that space for someone that has committed their entire career or life um, to this role. So um, I've realized that the, the, the hard way and I was you know heartbroken when I when I heard that because that certainly wasn't my intent um so as a leader I think I have shifted my way of thinking to not be such a you know meaning person (laughs) and 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 when you think about it your message is going to be heard um I think a lot clearer when you're empathetic to someone instead of just kind of delivering it and kind of like, you know, take it or leave it. But that's what leadership is. I think a big part is the give and take. So um, yeah, that was horrible experience, (laughs) but I've learned from that (laughs) now. And, and I think that one of the biggest things that came out of that is kindness is not weakness. So being kind didn't mean that I was weak. And I think that was my issue before. Um, So moving into entrepreneurship, I was very conscious of that. And it was really, yeah, it was really difficult to be like, you know, I I second guess myself. And and that's where imposter syndrome comes in because you're like, oh, my gosh, like, did I say that horrible? Did I say that right? (laughs) Or whatever. But I think, you know, by practicing that and being conscious of that, that's when you learn. Um, And to this day, I'm still learning. You know, there's there's. Uh, different styles of delivery and um and yeah I just have to I have to be a conscious leader in that sense I totally resonate with you on it's not what the message is but it's how you deliver it because I think we all have really sometimes we all have really good intentions behind what we do but it's like how we do something that have an impact on the other person what are your strategies practical strategies in terms of how to deliver that or how to express yourself in front of your team because I find personally that that's like the tricky part you know yeah yeah I think by setting an example and saying for example you know like I don't know that and it's okay to say I don't know and be vulnerable, you know, and it's okay to say I'm feeling this way because of XYZ. And and when you start to go there, it almost gives permission for those others to say like, hey, like, you know, she's our leader, but she was okay in admitting she didn't know or like, you know, I made a mistake or like, you know, you know, or you know, this is how she's feeling X, Y, C. Like I, I have no problem like going into a team meeting and be like, guys, this scares me. And this scares me because of this and that. And this is what, how I think that, you know, we could kind of come out of it because, um, and then that way people are more like, okay, it's okay to be scared. <laughs> like We can all be scared together, but we can all figure it out together as well. What do you think are the current problems that leaders face? Because I think uh, in the recent years, there's been kind of a shift in the movement of mindfulness and consciousness and kindness and compassion. Do you see that the leaders have been adapting to that? Or do you think that there are still current a lot of problems with leadership? 
It's better than it was before, most definitely. Um, I think right now what we're facing is a generation, and, and most uh, I've, we see this in most of our employment branding clients. What we're what we're seeing in terms of leadership and organizations are uh, generation gaps, and so um, there's just ge- different generational points of views. And of course, the media doesn't help because you know, for example, they like sensationalize like millennials and things like that. And I feel like it's unfair to kind of put each generation in kind of a stereotype. Um, But we see that um, a lot in organizations. So I think like we've come a long way in terms of being a conscious leader and in terms of being mindful at work and kind of going towards that style of leadership. But I think there's still consistent and constant work that has to be done and it depends on the organization right um but i think it's it's still a work in progress and that's okay to say what can leaders do to improve themselves be open to learning and always tweaking and innovating whatever that is your style your mindset um the way you relate to people i think if you come with it with an open mind and a learner's mind a beginner's mind that's my favorite because i love to learn <laughs> so um and there's no shame in that you know i think if you if you're consciously taking out shame and guilt and reaction to specific things but if you're being proactive and and um, arming yourself with tools that you can use in day-to-day or like quote-unquote real life I think that is something that's easy to do in a sense if there's a lot of resources out there but yeah just being mindful um of those things. So I think it's, you're always tweaking and, and it depends on, you know, the state, kind of like the state of the nation or like the state of the team. Right. So in our team meetings, we always kind of like do a, a state of the team check. where it's like, how are you guys feeling today? How are you feeling? Because we're humans, we feel. So, you know, to ask that question even and there's no shame or guilt attached to say like if you're like I'm feeling like shit like I'm feeling like crappy right now um it's okay to say that because it's real and um that way you know together as a team we can move forward with that in mind what were some of the big lessons that you learned in 2019 in life and business this is such a great question you know I saw um one of those memes on Instagram or whatever uh, in some social platform. And, you know, it's kind of like those memes that go around. So I'm going to read it to you and I'm going to explain why this resonated so much with me. So it said, 2017 changed me. 2018 broke me. 2019 opened my eyes. 2020, I'm coming back. And that explains like my journey (laughs) so far in like the last... Four years. It could not have been so exact. (laughs) When I saw that, I was like, that's me. (laughs) You know? Um, So I would say 2019, first of all, um, I think coming into 2019, it it I was really coming with it with a learner's or beginner's mind 
because so many things already have happened. Actually, even before 2017, I would say 2016, 2017, 2018 were like really tough years. Um, so coming into 2019, I've never been so eager to like start a year. <laughs> I'm just like, I just want to, you know, come into this year and, um, be open to what is in store for me and whatever that destiny is, um, be clear in my mind and how I will navigate through it because destiny is destiny, but we all have free will to change it. Um, uh, that's my belief anyway. <laughs> um, and so 2019, the biggest lessons I've learned is, um, yeah, it's okay to say that, um, yeah, you're vulnerable. It's okay to say that you don't know. And it's okay to say that, you know, I'm still learning. I'm still, um, I'm still, it's still something that, um uh, you know, developing. So it's okay to be a work in progress and you don't have to have it figured out, uh, you know, the next day. If you had an idea, you don't have to have it figured out the next day. Um, it, it, good things take time and it's okay to be in that spot. Um, and, you know, I heard from somewhere, well, a professor of mine um, that wrote a book and they said, you know, people always say, don't just stand there, do something. But actually, when you flip that script and you can say, OK, don't just do something for the sake of doing it. Stand there for a second. And it's OK to sit in that discomfort and it's OK to sit in that unknown and be clear about what your next step is. So I would say that would be. That those would be the biggest lessons I've learned, and and that um, you know, together you are more. So it's okay to ask for help from somebody else um, that would move you forward. You're not carrying the entire load by yourself, mm. nor that you are expected to. Yeah, I think you touched on a lot of really important lessons that um, I think for a lot of us who are younger. Uh, we feel like we have to have it figured out because so much of the pressure um, coming from school is like you have to figure out what you want to do with your life. And um, it, it feels like almost like a sense of perfectionism, like you have to be mm -hmm. perfect until you can put this out. And I think I can relate to that a lot. Um, at the beginning process, I felt like I needed to know everything about how to like make a podcast or how to run this project in order to feel ready. But then I realized that it was just about starting it and, and figuring out and figuring it out along the way. <laughs> exactly. Because if you wait till for that quote unquote perfect time, then you're never going to do it. Totally. And you just kind of sit there in like paralysis and like you don't know what to do because you're so overwhelmed with so many things um, that you feel like you need to have. Yeah, analysis paralysis is a huge thing. And for me, I feel like I have an analytical mind. And so definitely I weigh the pros and cons. I'm risky, but not reckless. But, you know, at the same time, it's timing, readiness, opportunity. One of my mentors told me that, you know, he said, Grace, it's these three things, timing, readiness, and opportunity. So is the timing right? Are you ready to commit to make a change or whatever it is to move something forward? And is the opportunity there? And if not, what are you willing to do to create that opportunity? 
Mm. When the student is ready, the teacher appears. Yes. <laughs> and and also like things show up in your life, not by coincidence, but by synchronicity when your mindset and, and everything about you or your energy aligns with that. Yeah, it's about alignment and when you're open and ready to receive the message because what you didn't realize was you were asking for that all along and then here it is. And then you're like, okay, here it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's go time. <laughs> it's go time. Yeah. yeah. And I, I like another point where you touched on um, rather than going for it right away, kind of reacting, sit in discomfort, stand there for a moment. Because in my meditation as well, what we learn is to just take a moment, just take a pause and choose a response instead of reacting to the same old patterns of the past. And I think that's very counter advice but it's amazing because I think everything that I've learned just in general in school or like I think the common advice out there is just go for it just go for it just do it just do it do it quick do it fast do it right away go for it because we have this fear of procrastination I, I feel like or fear of um, missing out so yes. I think your lesson that you um, shared with us today is such an important one to just like sit in discomfort Mm-hmm. And and what I mean by that is you're not sitting in discomfort for two years, right? Like, <laughs> you're not available for that. But what I'm saying is, you know, instead of, let's say, for example, making that a snap decision in a couple days, no, give it a few more days and then see what else comes in into those moments of stillness. And it's okay to be like that, right? Like, I think, you know, unless you're a heart surgeon or uh, air traffic controller, where you really have to make, <laughs> you know, insane decisions. I always tell our clients, you know, we're in brand strategy. We are not landing planes or birthing babies. So it's okay to take a pause for a second and be like, what, what are we really trying to accomplish here? And how comfortable are we to let it sit? you know? Mm-hmm. And how does that happen? What happens then? How do you guide your frustrating clients <laughs> through this process? Because I know, I know that clients can be um, very impatient. They want things done right away. Yes. Yeah. That's definitely a working relationship. So again, being able to, um, you know, receive uh, from them and kind of their, their wants and needs but also be the mind of that expert because they hired you for a reason you know they hired me and my team for a reason so um say like okay I hear you I I understand what you want let's reverse engineer it or let's look at everything right now and I will give you realistic timelines you know so I mean that it's just really about that and just bringing clarity and being that expert to say like, this is what we've found in the past. People have felt the same thing as you. Um, and this is how we propose to go forward. And it's a, it's a dance, you know, um, they'll say, well, oh, that's not possible because X, Y, Z. And it's like, no, actually it is possible because X, Y, Z. And that's actually a strength for you. And then you kind of come into an agreement and kind of a, a decision together because it's very much a team effort for sure. 
Speaking of dance, you do so many things. You dance. <laughs> you have.、Uh, you're taking care of a child. You're a mother.、Yeah. You have your family. You're taking care of your business, and you have so many、yeah. projects going on. So <laughs> I'm so inspired by just your productivity. I'm wondering if you have like a system set in place for daily mindful practices to kind of ground you. Yes, <laughs> and、um, I wouldn't be able to do these things、um, without that for sure. So, I、um, meditate every day、um, in the morning usually. So I have a whole morning routine. I get up usually between four thirty and five thirty, depending. And、uh, by choice, <laughs> it's just like I love my kind of alone and reflection time in the morning to start off the day. And、um, yeah, I meditate first thing、um, before even picking up my phone or anything like that. But just like really come into stillness and find my breath and reflect on a lot of the things that either happened the day before and how to move the day forward. And then after that, I journal. And um, and then after that, I usually listen to a podcast, like while I'm making my coffee and kind of getting ready and and things like that. So that's the that's the morning routine. But um, it doesn't matter where I am. Even if I'm traveling, I still do the same thing. I I believe in like consistency and um, really setting yourself up. So、uh, to me, those are the things that are my must haves and.、Um, Uh, with meditation, I feel like I've come a long way. There's less of like my mind traveling somewhere else, like thinking about a I don't know a sale on shoes that I saw or whatever <laughs> it is. But really getting deep into into、um, you know the the stillness that I'm craving.、Um, I still have a long ways to go, and and every day it's different, and I just have to allow myself that. So, for example, you know, there's days where I'm just like, oh my gosh, I can't do, I can't even think about doing a 15 minute meditation. I'm gonna do a five minute meditation, and it's okay to do that because you know you still allowed your body to go there. Um, so yeah, I think that's that's really important to me, and and I know a lot of the you know in the business world, there's always like time management, time management. It's like, okay, yeah, time management, but when you think about it too, it's it's really energy management. So、mm-hmm. how are you going to choose to expend your energy today? And what are those things that need your energy and your most prime energy? And then what are the other things that that don't need it as much? And it's okay. To do that, because if you try to do everything all at once, which you know the lesson from twenty seventeen, then it, it, it's not going to work out. It's not sustainable. So,、um, it and and that goes back to you know the worthiness thing and self worth and self love and and you know the shame and the guilt. Like there's no shame or guilt about not having to do everything you've ever had in your to do list. For that day, <laughs> it's okay, you know. And there's no shame in or guilt in looking at your to-do list and say, you know what, these three things are not going to serve me today. I can pass that off to somebody else, and they can do that.、Mm. And it's okay. Wow.、Know? Yeah. First of all, with the to-do list things, I'm totally guilty of that. <laughs> But,、mm. 
I think um, a part of me is also very analytical and very like planning oriented. So I love planning and planning and planning. And I think on that note, what with what you're saying, I have to let a lot of that go to just like surrendering to, again, the energy, the fluctuations in energy throughout the day and surrendering to other spontaneous things that might happen and like leaving it mm-hmm. open space I think the time management put me into it feels like it put me into a box of like these are the things that I have to do I feel like I'm missing out on the bigger picture when I'm like mm-hmm. trying to meticulously time manage myself nitty-gritty right like yeah. if you're not gonna leave space then how are you gonna receive abundance <laughs> there's no there's no room right so mm-hmm. you have to leave space and you have to be willing to receive and man receiving for me was like so difficult to begin with we were talking about giving and receiving and and practicing mm-hmm. receiving so why is it so hard for us to receive like what is even receiving <laughs> first of all yeah, for... what is even receiving? Let's, go there. <laughs> Let, let's start yeah, with the yeah. basic what is even receiving <laughs> pull up the dictionary <laughs> yeah exactly oh my gosh you know personally for me and i, I mean it's different for everyone Personally, for me, where receiving comes in is super tied to my self-worthiness, I feel, because some t- and this is a huge lesson that I had to learn over the last few years. Um, I've had experiences and that are maybe not so great <laughs> that really um, destroyed, I say, um, my self-worth. And so um, I had to do a lot of like healing and kind of repair for that. Like, you know, what am I deserving to receive? What do I deserve to receive? And what am I attracting to receive? And so I had to do a lot of work in terms of that, like the worthiness aspect. But receiving, I, I found, um, could be many, many different forms, you know, Is it like somebody opening the door for you and then you're going to be okay? You know, before when somebody opened the door for me, I would be like, oh my gosh, did I inconvenience them? Or Mm -hmm. like, I'm an independent woman. I should have just opened the door. (laughs) Like, you know, I, I would have those limiting beliefs and those stories in my head. And it's like, wow, Grace, like, where, where do you even get that? You know? Um, but that's what it was. But now if somebody opens the door, it's okay to simply say, thank you. That was really nice. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. It's okay to have that, you know? So it's something as simple as that, because now I feel like I believe that I'm deserving that uh, a stranger or even somebody I know uh, cared enough to, to open the door. Mm-hmm. So it's okay to receive that energy. With no strings attached. No strings attached. (laughs) I like that last part. (laughs) With no strings attached. I think before, you know, I've had experiences where I was vulnerable and I wanted to receive, but it was used against me somewhere else, Um, which is obviously the, the, the not ideal type of energy. Um, So I think I had to come out of that, that mindset. Mm -hmm. A big part of what I can relate to is like feeling guilty for receiving. And I think in a lot of spiritual healing, also slash psychology, scientific work out there, they talk about the emotion of shame and how powerful it is in just dictating your behaviors and your mindset, Mm -hmm. the the emotion of shame. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think, you know, sometimes we've 
it, it, it's like past trauma, right? That you've kind of, that we all have gone through and it's different for everyone, but there's a lot of like shame and guilt and like, and that could be used in a lot of non-healthy ways and it kind of perpetuates in your head. And it's like that old kind of tapes that, that play when you're, you're, it's a trigger, right? Like you're put in that, in that specific situation. But when you're conscious to say like, uh oh, like here it is, but let's flip the script and see what that looks like. Like, you know, the whole, and I think society has so much to do with that. Like, you know, before I felt like when I asked for something that I wanted, which was like a basic need, <laughs> life's basic need, like it's okay to say what you want. Um, I felt such shame and guilt of being seen or perceived as high maintenance. Mm. But then after so many years, like when you think about it, it's like, no, man, like you were not high maintenance. You were just stating what you needed at the time. And, you know, you're not saying to be like carried across the Sahara, on like <laughs> whatever it is, like it, it's just really like at the time a basic need. So I think I had to like take that tape out and just not subscribe to that way of thinking anymore. Mm-hmm. When a person doesn't feel like they have that worth, how does that affect them? Like, how does that affect their life? For me, how it manifested with me is it really ground me down, I felt, in a bad way. Because when I didn't feel worthy and I didn't have much self-worth, I didn't feel the freedom to ask for what I need or to act on the things that would propel me into the next level. So essentially, I was like my own roadblock Mm. when it came down to it. Um, Because I didn't feel like I was worthy of success or I was worthy of unconditional love or I was worthy of nice things, um, et cetera, et cetera, because I felt like those things were always tied in the past to being like, you're high maintenance, you're fake, you want to be AKA Kardashian, which to me was such a crazy accusation. <laughs> I was like, well, business wise, absolutely. I think they're great business people, mm-hmm. but maybe values wise is not my thing. Um, but yeah, that was the perception. So back then I was so hurt you know, by things like that. But then you think about it and you're like, "Uh uh-uh, those are like the people that are even worse, feeling worse than you. And they're projecting that on you. And so it has nothing to do with me, but it was my responsibility to take myself out of that, Mm. out of that muck out of that creator did you did you yeah. do this yourself like this is amazing <laughs> <laughs> did I do this to myself well partly yes because we all have to make a choice to to act on it and do that mm-hmm. but no I had I had a lot of help and this is a again learning the lesson of asking for mm-hmm. help I go to therapy I'm not ashamed to say that um, I think it's a great outlet um, to talk to someone that's a professional number one and number two to like you know be able to um, get it all out in one go without judgment um, so yeah you know I seek professional professionals to help me out I have a coach um, and yeah and mentors and friends really friends that show you the way 
in the most um, different ways, unimaginable different ways, <laughs> and show you that it's it's okay to feel this way, or it's okay to be treated this way. You deserve to be treated this way. Minimum. <laughs> minimum. Uh, You're like, wait, that was my minimum. maximum, but that like was baseline. a minimum. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like baseline, this is what we're talking about. Um, so um it's it's great because you take those blessings and you say, ha, like that's where that's where the sweet spot is, you know. That, that's where that's where it was. You know, I'm not ashamed to say that I'm 42. So I'm 42, and get this. So I travel a lot for work and have been and whatnot, but actually only this year was the first time I have ever been picked up at the airport by a significant other. I remember you were telling me that. I was like, wait, like how, how does this? I know because in the past, the old grace was like, oh, don't bother. I can do it. I'm an independent woman. Yes, I am all those things. But it's also okay to say what I didn't know back then was it's also okay to say, I missed you and I need you and I need you to do this for me. Oh my gosh, you like really touched my heart there. Like that was like not a thing. Can you imagine? Yeah. And so, yeah. So this year, it's 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 good. The, the airport pickup never gets old. And <laughs> let it, it happen. Oh, I love it. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. that's so crazy, Grace. Like I want to share this as well with you. Like I, um, I don't know what it is. I guess a part of me as well. First of all, I recently had a coaching call with uh, like a life coach, and mm-hmm. that was the first time I ever had somebody poking at my baggage. <laughs> on the inside (laughs) so for me like that the first time that that happened I was like oh my gosh I had no idea I was holding on to these negative limiting beliefs about myself Mm -hmm. and it all came down to like you are not good enough or um, it was like you're fake or you're you don't deserve this so all of those Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. very similar negative self-talks it's so funny because like that one coaching call give me awareness it's still a really tough process now like trying to come out of that because I see what I do in my relationship is I would be like hey babe like I I feel like I need to spend time with you today and I would feel guilty for asking that like I would feel ashamed I don't know why (laughs) yes yes, no I understand Mm. like when I used to do that I would be like oh my god am I being needy yeah but actually when you think about it it's like when you flip the script to that it's like yes you need to spend time with that person but also maybe ask them like how can I serve you today and what do you need from my energy today? Mm-hmm. And then it's a whole different thing. <laughs> You're not just dictating like, I need to spend time with you, like drop everything. Like that's not always realistic. Mm-hmm. But when you think about like, let's spend time together and like, you know, what do you need from me today? I think it's it's a good way to kind of ease into that. Or sometimes you just say like, I need you. So <laughs> what it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, th- I want to get your perspective on this too, as we kind of slowly mm-hmm. dive into uh, relationships. But I think for me, um, one of the key insights that I've learned, I've seen recently with myself is that 
my romantic relationship is such a big mirror for just like how I show oh. up. And yes. it's, it's crazy because like, so for example, I think it was, it was yesterday, <clears throat> my boyfriend invited me to this event. And for mm-hmm. some reason, like I'm invited as somebody bought me a ticket, but I don't feel like I was invited and I didn't feel like I was welcomed. And I was like, wait, why is this happening to me? Like, yeah. <laughs> where, the, where the hell is this coming from? <laughs> yeah. No, I I completely agree. You're like, because that's like the old tapes playing, right? Like, oh, were they only doing this because they they had to, not because they wanted to? Like, who would want me? And it's like, dude, no, like, get that out of your head. Like, you know, same thing. And and I say this to like my therapist all the time. I'm like, okay, I'm like, in my head, it's this. I'm like, I know reality, probably not that. <laughs> You know, um, so sometimes these things play out of my head. Like for me, it was such a big week because um, I've met, you know, Jonathan's father before, my boyfriend, Jonathan. I've met his father before. I've never met his brother and his brother's girlfriend and like all their aunts and like all these things. So like I definitely had the whole like meet the family week and also meet the high school friends. Week. <laughs> nice. That's like a whole package. That's like all in a week. That's yeah, so hot. Yeah. So- <laughs> You know, I, I, I'm so grateful that I had this experience and, and my gosh, his family is just like beyond welcoming. Like they're just so, they're such beautiful souls and, and just so loving and they open up their homes and it's just like everything I could ha- ever ask for, you know, but there's like gremlins. I call them like this little <laughs> gremlins that kind of like creep up and then you know you're always like oh my god do they like me I hope they like me is it cool like (laughs) of course I know they like me Mm -hmm. like come on now but you know like there's other things that kind of creep up you know like um yeah (laughs) other things like (laughs) ex-girlfriends oh my god like I did not prepare myself for this but it's okay yeah Yeah. so things like that happen and I think um, it's just about like, yeah, checking in with yourself to be like, is what's in your head really reality? Because it could be just made up by this like little gremlin. So mm. just tell them. Yeah. You have no room for that. Just leave. <laughs> I'm not available for the gremlin. <laughs> no, that's amazing because like a lot of the time when we don't have that awareness, the stories mm. in our heads just feel like reality like because that's the lens that we're looking at the world through so it just it feels so real and we actually question if it was different from that it can't be reality yeah I I think having that awareness is just such a big step into releasing yourself of your old past traumas yeah and just looking at it from a perspective of you know um that was an old behavior which now you've evolved into a new behavior so that old thing does not apply anymore Mm. it no longer applies you outgrew that part of you Mm -hmm. I don't know what it feels like to be your age (laughs) (laughs) and to hear that you feel you feel really confident about saying you are 42 and you don't feel ashamed I'm just wondering why is there a shame even before that because I think for for me it's like I'm looking at from the other end of the spectrum where it's oh like 
I'm 22. I I almost feel too young sometimes.、Mm-hmm. Why is there a shame around age? Should there be a shame around age at all?、Mm-hmm. Like you're too young, you're too old, right? Yeah, whatever. Oh,、no, and and, it, and you're right. It does work the other way, you know. Um, usually the typical stereotype is like, oh, you're old, you're over the hill, like blah blah blah, all the jokes, right? Um, and especially <laughs> I've never men, heard these jokes <laughs> over the hill. I know it's such as as an old saying, but like especially for women. Like you know, when guys、mm-hmm. age and they're kind of like the George Clooney type, everybody's like, "Oh my gosh, they're so hot!" But then when women age, they're like, "Whoa, what happened to her?" <laughs> That's kind of like society and kind of the, how the media portrays it. But I mean, man, look at Jennifer Lopez. If I'm, yeah, I want to be like her. Like she looks amazing, right? But、um, I think ageism is a thing. Absolutely.、Um, so there used to be such. Well, I say used to, but I'm sure there is still now about like being old, and that usually was associated to like you're old, therefore you cannot do X Y Z. You're old, therefore you cannot wear X Y Z. You know, you can't wear bright pink bubble gum lipstick. But who cares? Like, if that's what you want, that's what you want. If it looks great, it looks great. This makes you feel good, you know. Or like, there would be like those articles about clothes. Like, you know, they'll say if you're in your twenties, you can wear it like that, and if you're in your thirties, this is how you should wear it, or forties. But I think it's like, forget that. You could just wear whatever you want when you want. <laughs> Um, there hasn't. There, you shouldn't be like put into this like age bucket, or I've seen it a lot in corporate where like you know the hiring manager would be typically older, and then the applicant will be typically younger, and then they're like, oh, these young people, and it's like. No, you can't say that because you can't lump all of them into one. And what does that really mean? <laughs> you know. So, I think sometimes there is shame tied to age because it's a it's a, a stereotype. People just say like you know, or、um, I love this. I heard this from someone before. They're like, "Well, you're a mom, so like it's amazing that you you still wear like X Y Z." And I'm like, "What does being a mom have?" Anything to do with how you look, you know, like that's insane. <laughs>、mm-hmm. Like so many of these labels put us in a box、mm-hmm. or make us feel like we have to live up to certain expectations. Yes, yeah. And I feel like so much of our lives is dedicating to just constantly liberating ourselves from these boxes. <laughs> Because I think age is just one of the many stereotypes that put us、yeah. in a, a box. One、yeah. of the many, yeah. yeah, for sure, for sure. And、mm-hmm. I guess it it comes down to again consciousness, right? Like,、mm-hmm. are you aware of X Y Z behavior, and then how do we navigate that when that does happen? Because it does happen. <laughs>、mm-hmm. You know, we can't, we can't, and and even you know sometimes with. It doesn't matter how much work you do; like it's still human nature to sometimes go there, and it does happen. And I'm not saying we make an excuse for that type of behavior, but it's just like, what are the tools we have in order to navigate it through? Oh, yeah,、mm-hmm. I really like the fact that you brought it up. How no matter how much work we do, we'll never 
be perfect and we'll never not have problems. That's so true, right? When I first started on my meditation journey, I thought, oh, well, if I just, the more I meditate, the the more, I, I feel as if I was like reaching to this place where I'm not going to have problems anymore. <laughs> but then, I'm woke, I'm zen, <laughs> no more problems. <laughs> yeah, and that was kind of the initial thought as I think with most things, just like being used to thinking in the linear sense of reaching perfectionism, not even with my life, everything about everything with my life, education-wise, career-wise. But then as I kept going deeper into meditation and I'm just like, Dude, if anything, I feel more problems. <laughs> just peeled away layers of the things that you were like, you know, trying to kind of hide. And then you're like, whoa, yeah. okay, now I have to face them because here they are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So it was just like peeling away different layers and like me kind of going back, vis- revisiting my childhood uh, traumas Mm -hmm. and and the negative stories and I suddenly feel myself becoming more sensitive actually to uh, my bodily sensations my reactions and and people's energy around me so I'm suddenly becoming like much more sensitive and I'm like dude like I don't know if I'm going on like the right direction towards (laughs) awakening but this feels just so um hard and then it made Mm -hmm. me realize that well, you know what, like, this is the human's journey. And you can't escape that you can meditate, but like, you can't escape the number one, I think it was the Buddha, I think uh, the Buddha says that lesson number one, life is a struggle, like just being a human is is suffering. And it was like, okay, yeah, just like feeling grounded to that lesson and and realizing that. Yeah, Yeah, it's part of the awakening and like, the what do they call it the glow up right (laughs) the glow up up. you can't you can't reach them you can't level up if you if you didn't experience what was below that so Mm -hmm. um or what was a step back from that so I know sometimes it um I heard this thing before where they say like what seems like a setback is actually when you think about it you're like an arrow being pulled back and launched and catapulted into something so much bigger than you have ever imagined um but it's okay you have to sit in that pullback mode (laughs) in order to launch (laughs) further than you've ever imagined (laughs) Mm -hmm. oh i really like that analogy Mm -hmm. one of the last few questions that i have for you Mm -hmm. is what makes you feel on purpose Yeah, what makes me feel on purpose? I feel that that state happens when I'm truly in alignment in sharing the gifts that I've been given. Because I've been given these gifts not to keep them, but to share them. So um, when I'm in alignment about that and my core values, that's when I feel on purpose. That's powerful. If you knew that you were going to die in a short period of time, let's say six months. Okay. And of course, you've, you're going to spend a lot of quality time with your friends and family mm-hmm. and just being surrounded by your loved ones. What would be the one thing that you would want to do for yourself? I think travel and with all of the loved ones <laughs> and see the world from as many different perspectives as possible 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And learn and be immersed in as many different cultures as possible. I think I would be curious to see like what how people from different parts of the world like view the world mm-hmm. and where they think they fit in that and where they sit in that and um what's their perspective on life and death. Thank you so much for tuning into the Inner Leader podcast. If you liked this episode as much as I did, please spread the love and share it with your friends and family on social media to support our guests and the show. They will appreciate your incredible love on this beautiful day. Thank you for being an amazing listener on our show. Please give us a review on Apple Podcasts to help us grow our community. Subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify if you haven't already. You can also send us a DM on Instagram at The Inner Leader to introduce yourself, ask questions, and make future requests for the show. We welcome you with big hugs always. And before you go, make sure you share this episode with your friends and family. Spread as much love as you can because the more you give, the more you receive. And remember, today is the day. I love you. Until next time.